Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, Jets fans. Good evening, Jets fans. This is the Jets podcast on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. Along with Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. It took a long night. It took long hours to get the big free agent that the New York Jets were looking for. And the New York Jets waited it out. They put out a demanding deadline. Either you sign with us or we go somewhere else. We can't wait for you any longer. And finally, in the early evening hours of the early morning, at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time, the New York Jets roped in their most prized free agent, in the 2019 free agent frenzy era, and that is getting the former running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell, a four-year, $52.5 million deal. Along with, Dan- along with Rick Lockland, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. And Rick, you know, two verbal agreements that fell apart for the Jets. You were hoping they were not going to get the hat trick, and thankfully, the Jets got their home run hitter. And it's funny because you go back a couple of off seasons ago with Le'Veon Bell being with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there was a situation that arose with the franchise tag. He wasn't happy being franchise tagged. There was some speculation maybe the Jets should be in play, and Le'Veon Bell made somewhat of a backhanded uh, remark about the Jets saying that he wouldn't sign with the New York Jets even if he was paid $100 million. And frankly, it's shame on Le'Veon Bell. He sat out all of last year, clearly unhappy with his contract status, not willing to take on the franchise tag for a second straight season. And you look at how this contract broke down four years, $52.5 million, $35 million guaranteed with incentives he can make up to $61 million. From a financial standpoint, Le'Veon Bell would have been better suited to accept the franchise tag from the Steelers, and he would have made more per year than he is currently with the Jets. But, hey, if you're a Jet fan, I said it from the start of the offseason. I even said it during the year last year when Le'Veon Bell was having his infamous season-long holdout that I thought he'd be a terrific fit and a terrific asset to a young quarterback in Sam Darnold, but for the right price. And if you're a Jet fan, the way this contract played out, getting Le'Veon Bell, arguably the top playmaker uh, available in all free agents, and you could argue he's a top three, at the very least, top five playmaker in the entire NFL, for the Jets to have him in at this affordable price, I think was just an absolute pipe dream for the front office for the coaches, and for certainly the fans alike. You know, I I don't want to, you know, toot my own horn here, Rick, but, I mean, I did say that if the Jets want to bring over Le'Veon Bell, if they want to bring him over and get him to sign a big contract deal, or at least a deal where they can find a way, they can find a way, just go out there, Give him at least a guaranteed contract of $50 million, period. Nothing here, nothing there, just $50 million for a three-year deal, maybe make the fourth year an option. To me, I was a little under $2.5 million, I'll admit to my prediction there, but still, though, 
to have a guy like this who has been basically terrorizing the AFC East and especially opponents in the AFC North, along with the Browns and the Bengals and the Ravens, this is a guy that is going to be a game changer in the and excuse me in the AFC East for the next four years. This is a guy that I believe you believe as well that he is going to be a terror against the defenses, and it's going to be tough to try and stop a moving train. And I don't know if we're losing you, Daniel, or cutting in and out. I think what you're getting at is the fact that Le'Veon Bell is not your prototypical running back. He is much more. I mean, you go a couple of seasons ago with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the kind of season he had nearly 700 yards receiving as a running back, it's just unheard of. I mean, frankly, this is going to be the new debate in New York is who is the better running back, Saquon Barkley or Le'Veon Bell. I think he can make a case for either one. Obviously, Barkley looks to be a generational-type talent. Le'Veon Bell, with his style, with his how he surveys the field in the backfield, he really reinvented the running back position and changed it the way ball carriers are running the football For me, this is a really exciting time to be a Jet fan, having a young franchise quarterback, finally having a franchise-type running back to call your own, really for the first time since Curtis Martin. These are exciting times in the land of green and white. And, again, I think Le'Veon Bell, he is going to be as good as advertised. Before the start of the show, you and I talked a little bit about some of the concerns that we had. And I had mentioned, and I think you were in agreement, Daniel, that – I think there should, there will and could be a rust factor with Bell sitting out the entire 2018 season. He's going to get, have to get his football legs underneath him. He's going to have to get into football shape. And the way training camp is structured nowadays, no more two-a-days. They're not as rigorous and demanding as they've been in the past. So that's not really going to be necessarily a great tune-up for the regular season. But I think we're in agreement that the Jets during the preseason need to play Le'Veon Bell. And you mentioned at least the, the first quarter of the first game. I would argue at least the first half of the first game and potentially more to get him in great game-playing shape so he's ready to go and he he can hit the ground running so it won't take two, three, or even four weeks for him to get his legs under him. And I was trying to say, Rick, and I'm just uh, switching phones here, but uh, I was trying to say that this is a guy that we all know is going to be uh, a game changer in the AFC East now because he has joined Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. He was a terror in the AFC North against the Bengals, against the Browns, against the Ravens, and now you've got a guy, and yes, uh, he's probably kept in shape. He's not in game football game shape. But still, though, and I think that's the one thing I think the Jets are going to have to do here. After he is signed officially at 4 p.m., uh, which uh, it's today, actually. He's already signed. He's officially signed today at 4 p.m. Eastern time that, you know, the Jets are going to have to loan him to one of these teams in the Alliance of American Football, whether it's in Atlanta, San Antonio, Orlando, you know, any of these teams in the AFF to go out there at least to give him uh, some opportunities at playing in, uh, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a real game right now. We're not saying that he's being sent to the minor leagues to be in the minors for a long time. No, 
We're just seeing if he can be in game shape to prepare for this 2019 NFL season. You've got the Memphis Express, the Salt Lake Stallions, uh, Arizona Hot Shots, Orlando Apollo, San Antonio Commanders, Atlanta Legends, Birmingham Iron, San Diego Fleet. You've got to at least get him a couple of games in here. Not saying he has to be in there for the entire season for one of these eight sides, but the truth is I think this is what the AAF is supposed to be about, just like what Major League Baseball does with their affiliated teams in the minor leagues and what the American Hockey League does for the National Hockey League. Uh, an opportunity to have minor league teams giving someone, Le'Veon Bell, time to get his game together, to get him into game shape, and to go out there and absolutely hammer the upcoming scheduled opponents in the 2019 New York Jets season. Amazingly enough, Rick, he's going to be taking on his former team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, at MetLife Stadium this year. For me, again, this is a case where Mike McCagnan, and I wrote the article yesterday before the signing was made official, that Mike McCagnan had to make this move. In order for him to save face, in order for him to not allow every Jet fan to hit the panic button on this offseason, getting Le'Veon Bell, and I said, look, at that point, the Jets saw Anthony Barr agree to, in principle to a contract and then all of a sudden spurn their offer and go back to the Vikings. You saw Matt Paradis who was on the Jets' radar, a candidate to fill their center position, a void that they've had for some time on the roster. Uh, well, you know, it looked like there was some interest, and then ultimately he signed with the, the Carolina Panthers. So after those two moves, two marquee blue-chip prospects, uh, NFL players, I should say, proven NFL players that could have been on the Jets' roster, went by the wayside. Uh, Mike McCagnan really had to be in damage control mode. And I understand in the Anthony Barr situation, look, they had a handshake agreement. It was behind closed doors, and this was not necessarily his his fault in Mike McCagnan, but the reality is when the agent leaked the contract details and it says the Jets agree in principle to sign Anthony Barr, and then all of a sudden he reneges on his, on his verbal agreement and goes to the Vikings, it makes the Jets look like they got caught with their pants down. So I think McCagnan's going to make sure in the future that doesn't happen. And by signing Le'Veon Bell and by being shrewd and understanding the market for Le'Veon Bell, I mean, realistically, the Baltimore Ravens were a team that was reported to have interest. They didn't even, according to multi-reports, even submit a contract offer to him that really the market for Le'Veon Bell dried up unexpectedly that once Mark Ingram landed with the Ravens, it really was down to the Jets and you could perhaps argue the Colts or maybe another dark horse team but there weren't teams lining up to sign Le'Veon Bell, and I think that's a lot of reason why the Jets were smart. And McCagnan, you have to give a tip of the hat, he didn't overpay for Le'Veon Bell. He understood he didn't want to bid against himself, and that's why he gave Le'Veon Bell that ultimatum. As we know, of course, it went past that ultimatum time, but nevertheless, his tactic worked, and you have to give credit where credit is due. Mike McCagnan saved face, and he made up for those two free agent signings in Matt Paradis as well as Anthony Barr that should have been and could have been Jets. You know, that's the one thing, Rick, and you're right. And, you know, you have to say that others are correct when you got Mike McCagnan, who basically had these handshake agreements. He thought he had these two locked up for good. 
And then they just turned around and said, nope, I changed my mind. I'm going to stay with my team. I'm going to go to this team or go to that team. You know, what are you going to do? Part of it is McKagan's fault, but the other part is the players' fault, in my opinion, because they led McKagan astray when they said, yes, we're coming to New York. Yes, we're going to wear green and white. Yes, we're going to be a Jet player now. We're going to be a part of the Sam Darnold era. And then they changed their minds. And that's the sad thing. But at least with Le'Veon Bell, you knew he wasn't going to pull something like this, Rick. He wanted to play. He wanted to be on a team. He didn't want to be on the Steelers anymore. He was done with them. He wanted to be on a new team. I mean, there were also apparently rumors that the the 49ers were going to try and uh, bring over Le'Veon Bell. But unfortunately for the Niners, it wasn't enough. As the New York Jets get their guy, get their big free agent pickup, and right now the offense, rushing-wise, has improved. Think about this. Bell, Crowell, Powell, McGuire. That's not a bad running core. You've got, uh, you've got a solid veterans uh, with all three. And then you've got McGuire, who looks like he's going to be a great rookie uh, player from 2017. Last year was hurt most of the time, but you know showed some flashes. Now you've got McGuire, who can learn a lot from Le'Veon Bell here with carrying the ball. And Le'Veon Bell is not your ordinary running back. I mean, you just go back two short years ago, of course, sitting out the 2018 season, back to 2017, Le'Veon Bell, which is almost unheard of, had 2,200 all-purpose yards, 854 receiving yards as a running back. I mean, that tells you exactly the kind of force, the offensive force that Le'Veon Bell can be. And being a security blanket, for Sam Darnold, a guy that can turn a net negative play into a long a long rush, a long run, or a scoring play. Those players, there are about 10 or 15 of them across the league, and Le'Veon Bell is one of them. I think that ultimately, again, for him to have two touchdowns uh, in the receiving game, eight rushing touchdowns a couple of seasons ago, that is the elite of the elite type talent that the Jets are going to be looking for. And frankly, again, if they continue on this track to improve the offensive line, they already have added Jamison Crowder in free agency. You know, they surround Sam Darnold with enough weapons and they make this offense versatile enough where they're balanced offensively. There's no reason to say why Lavian Bell won't have another 1,200, 1,300, dare I say even 1,500-yard rushing season to go along with 700-plus receiving yards. Uh, you know, this is just a situation where the Jets have arguably, and I'd make the argument, the top playmaker in the entire league. And now the the task becomes the the case of Adam Gase and Dow Logan, the offensive coordinator. They need to make this offense revolve around Sam Darnold and re- revolve around Le'Veon Bell because if this is a run-first attack, you have some talented wide receiver. You have a deep threat in Robbie Anderson. You have a reliable, steady uh, possession receiver in Quincy Anunwa. You have an emerging now slot receiver in Jameson Crowder who can never seem to stay healthy. You are stacked at the tight end position. If the Jets are able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together and this coaching staff is able to fully utilize this talent – there's really no reason to think why the Jets won't improve, of course, on that 4-1 season, which I think a lot of people are already saying that's a foregone conclusion. But there's no reason why this team shouldn't be at or above 500 
when all is said and done, and at the very least, at the very least, in the hunt for an AFC wildcard spot this season. Very true, and you know what? Else, and you know what else, Rick? As you said, in the tight end position, Chris Herndon has become yes. a solid tight end that none of us expected him to break out the way he did. In my book, Chris Herndon has really uh, improved the tight end position because the Jets basically didn't have many tight ends to, to, to use. They would uh, barely use their tight end for anything, and now they have a tight end that they can use you know, on the offense to go out there and make some plays, and that's just absolutely fantastic. And now you add Bell that is going to add more dynamic runs to the running game, and as you said, Robbie Anderson will probably get more targets now, uh, and Nunua will get more targets now. We don't know what's going to happen. Crowder, as you said, is coming over. We don't know what's going to happen with Jermaine Curse. But all I can tell you is that right now, the Jets on offense has improved tremendously. Maybe not all the way yet, but they have at least improved tremendously. And, you know, it's funny. You want to look up and down the free agents uh, list as far as who is still available there, there are some names that are still out there, and frankly, again, among those, and I'm not going to say the Jets are going to go in that direction, but among those names that are still available, I mean, you basically have a guy in uh, in Dominican Sue who still remained unsigned. He's a guy that still is on the open market, still ready to go to the highest bidder. You had, and one of the Jets, uh, they just announced today that Jason Myers, their place kicker. Uh, was re- re-signed now by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so he, he of course, goes to Seattle. And you have Buster Screen ultimately going to the Chicago Bears. So, again, no major losses as far as the Jets are concerned. But they still have a wide receiver in Golden Tate, a guy that intrigues me. He obviously spent, uh, you know, his first few seasons with the Seattle Seahawks before moving on and joining the Detroit Lions on a pretty mega contract lucrative deal and then ultimately getting traded in the middle of last year to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now with him set to become a free agent, you know, a guy that's 30 years of age, has been on deep playoff runs and to Super Bowls, I think he ultimately could be an addition to the Jets, especially I still have some of my concerns about this uh, wide receiver course. I still think that the Jets need some reliability and a proven veteran and one that can stay healthy and, frankly, a guy that can mentor uh, a guy like Robbie Anderson that definitely needs some guidance off the field. I think ultimately that would be a terrific move by the Jets to bring him in here. Now, right now, with this situation, ESPN reporting, uh, since this deal went through uh, with Le'Veon Bell coming to the New York Jets, uh, the Jets are going to send a, uh, a draft pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Apparently, by sitting out last year, Bell, a three-time Pro Bowl selection, correctly bet the Steelers wouldn't place a third because I got a franchise tag on him uh, and all that stuff. Uh, right now, uh, the Steelers will receive a 2020 compensatory pick for losing Bell, and that could be worth as high as a third-round selection. So as of right now, the Jets will have to give up a compensatory pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2020 draft. Uh, Like they said, it could be as high as a third-rounder. We'll see what the Steelers will do. It all depends on uh, who they like, I guess, in the draft and uh, who they're going to tell the Jets uh, which, uh, which pick they'll take. But still, Rick, as we are enjoying this free agency period, 
You know, I believe that Mike McCagnan, if he missed out on all three players, Barr, Paradis, and Le'Veon Bell, I think you could have had to grade McCagnan's free agency period probably at a B or a B plus. Now, I think you can say with the addition of Bell, it's either gone up to an A minus or an A. Not going to say it's an A plus. Some will say different, but I believe right now, if you want to give a good grade to Mike McCagnan on his free agency period right now, I'll go with an A minus. And I'm not going to disagree with you there. Uh, you know, again, I still think they have another hole to plug along the offensive line. It looks like perhaps in that secondary, the Jets have some interest in a number of different cornerbacks, and maybe they'll make a move at that to solidify the secondary a little bit further. And, again, C.J. Mosley, I think, is going to be a terrific piece. He's a playmaker for the Ravens. He's not exactly that edge rusher that the Jets have needed, and I think they're ultimately perhaps – through the NFL draft at the number six overall spot, going to try to take an edge rusher at that point. But for me, again, you you have to look no further than the other football team that resides in the New York, New Jersey area, and that is the New York Giants. And what Dave Gettleman has done over the past couple of years, and look, you want to make the argument about Saquon Barkley, the guy is a generational-type talent. He is unbelievable. He unleashed that last season with the G-Men. But the fact that the Giants passed up on their potential franchise quarterback that could have been Sam Darnold, that could have been Josh Rosen, and uh, went ahead and drafted a running back with a 37-, 38-year-old quarterback at the helm, and here they are, they're arguably their best player now in Odell Beckham Jr., and you know, having been close to that team, covering them for a long time, I felt the Giants should have moved on from him a year ago at the, at the very latest, so they could have potentially gotten two first-round picks, all the antics and the baggage that he brought to the table. And now here they find themselves with really getting a first and a third-round pick. They got an offensive guard from Cleveland and a safety, really not a heck of a package for arguably the top receiver in the entire NFL. But I think in the for the Giants in the long run, it's going to be a good thing because it's going to initiate the rebuild that they've started. But for the time being, when you look at the job that Mike McCagnan has done as the general manager of the Jets in just this short, the the draft free agency last year and now the free agency period this year, he is light years ahead of where Dave Gettleman is. And while one is building a team into a contender and another is basically taking a team and plugging holes with band-aids and with tissues instead of rebuilding like the Jets did a couple of years ago, you're seeing the right way and the wrong way to build a roster. And for that, I have to give Mike McCagnin credit. And the only reason I give him an A- minus is just because he didn't tell Anthony Barr's agent uh, that if he leaked the deal, that the, the the deal would be null and void. If he would have said that, I would have given him a resounding A or A++ for the job he's done this offseason so far. You know, I agree. And you know what? This is why, you know, it, it was hard to hear um, the Jets after two years with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback uh, with – Wide receiver threats like Brandon Marshall, um, you know, great running backs. Of course, Bilal Powell still with the team. Uh, Chris Ivory. You, you saw the Jets, you know, with that amazing uh, – excuse me, Eric Decker. I just forgot his name, but I just remembered. Eric Decker, of course, 
and Darrell Rivas, Sheldon Richardson, I mean, and Muhammad Wilkerson as well. You After the second year, it's amazing to see how the Jets decided, all right, this is not working. This is not working for us. We're going to have to change things up. I think it's time to shake things up and go into a rebuild, and we're going to rebuild from the draft. And when we're able to get the proper free agents to come in here and to mix in with our players who we are drafting, Mike McCagnin, right now, he deserves some credit from going into this and sticking to his guns. But, you know, you also have to give him credit that he got the right free agents to come here for this year, even for Josh McCown. Obviously, he wasn't going to be a permanent fixture on this Jets team. He was just here just to keep the ship afloat. And even though now we're going from Todd Bowles to Adam Gase, we'll have to wait and see what Gase can do. But to be honest with you, Rick, I just feel like the Jets are finally starting to turn a corner. Now, we'll never know until we start playing uh, you know, games in September preseason games in August. But right now, I'd like to think that we're on the right track here. The Jets are on the right track. We could have a better year this year. Everything has to come together at the right time. But honestly, Rick, I'm starting to feel confident that this Jets team is not going to be a three or four win team in 2019. That is for sure. And I feel the exact same way. I mean, again, they've not put the cart in front of the horse. The fact that the Jets went out, they made a trade for Kalichi Osmiley from the Oakland Raiders, gave every indication that they valued protecting Sam Darnold. They wanted to show to Le'Veon Bell that they they feel like upgrading the offensive line was a top offseason priority, so they at least made small steps towards doing that. And, again, there is no reason why this team should not be completing, competing for a playoff spot. I really felt – when Sam Darnold arrived in New York, that there was no question in my mind, he was the franchise quarterback for the next 10 plus years. And, you know, he had his struggles early. There were ups, there were downs, but I felt like he really started to turn that corner as a player and really establish himself as a true professional. When he sat out with the injury, sat and watched from afar as Josh McGown started and something clicked inside his head where, where he decided not to turn the football over at such an alarming rate. He was more precise with his passes. He knew exactly when plays were developing, finding the open receiver. He was making all the right pre-snap reads. And as a Jet fan, really all you can ask for is him to continue with his development. You know, now there's going to be a transition period. You have a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. So there's going to be a lot of excitement, but a lot of changes and new faces in that building over at the one Atlantic health. And in my mind, one jets drive, I should say the Atlantic health training center in my mind, again, the jets still have a lot of pieces that have to fall into place via free agency, via the draft. They have to have Adam Gaze and Dow Logan install their system. The same goes for Greg Williams. So there's, believe me, there's a lot of X factors, a lot of variables that are going to go into this, but I have a great feeling about how this Jet team is coming together. And when you have a very shrewd general manager who's made some terrific under-the-radar moves, even your article you wrote on Henry Anderson bringing him back, a fan favorite, an unheralded pass rusher that led the team in sacks next uh, this past year, 
those are the kind of moves that take take a team from a 4-5 win team to a 9-10-11 win team. And I think the Jets are making those steps to improve. And again, when when Tom Brady and when Bill Belichick are ready to hang it up and finally knock off the Patriots and try to get some division bra- bragging rights with Sam Darnold as their quarterback and Le'Veon Bell with their running back for the next at least four years. Exactly, Rick. This is going to be a huge uh, signing for the Jets. This is a already a huge signing for the Jets as you bring in one of these top free agents coming over in Le'Veon Bell. And right now, I can't wait to see him get uh, acquainted with Sam Darnold, how they're going to work with each other, what they're going to do. You know, it's not as easy as many think when you're going to hand the ball off to a big stud running back like Le'Veon Bell. Sometimes you have to know uh, where to place the ball. Either he wants it low, he wants it high, maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe around his chest, maybe around his stomach. You don't know how Bell wants the ball to be handed off to him. And that type of situation is going to be something that not just uh, the offensive coordinator is going to do, but what Sam Darnold and what Le'Veon Bell is going to do when they talk to each other in the preseason and in training camp. Because once again, even in OTAs, this is a huge moment for the Jets. This is a big moment for the Jets. And you know what? It's just time to go out there and start doing some business. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this will do it for the Jets podcast on 247sports.com. The New York Jets have signed Le'Veon Bell, and it's going to be about Daniel Feuerstein. And this has been the Jets podcast on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We'll talk to you next time. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now.